Good morning, my friend. I hope you're doing well. It's early on a Sunday morning here. still really dark outside. Man, we had an incredible moon last night over the river, and it was just amazing to see what God was doing out there. It's been really cold here in Nebraska. It's about 20 degrees this morning on the river, and hope that you are getting ready to have an incredible Lord's Day. You get to spend some time with your people worshiping, and just take a minute to uh, acknowledge all that's been done for you and all the things that you're grateful for. Now listen, I recognize that since 2020, we've all been so tired of being so tired. And it just seems like one thing after another, the economy, politics, the pandemic, all the division in our societies and just worldwide, it seems like there's been an unending amount of stress and strife. And I just want to encourage you that it's not the first time in world history that everything has seemed at a loss. Everything has seemed like as bad as it could get. It's not the first time. And the good news is there's a there's a plan that God has that's good for you. He does. And as we get close to the end of this year, you can know that whatever's going on is well within the control of the Father, and He has a good plan for you. So if you're tired of being tired, just know that God will keep that Isaiah 43 promise of making streams in the desert, making a way where there is no way. But to get there, we have to let Him dry up some things in our life. He says, forget the former things. I am doing a new thing. Right? He wants to do something new in your life. And I'm not talking about a prosperity gospel. I'm not saying he wants to give you millions of dollars or cure your cancer or do all those things. He may do those things. But what he really is talking about is he wants to give you a heart and a spirit that can handle whatever comes along and still have an abundant, hopeful life that has meaning and purpose regardless of the circumstance okay and so to that end i've been reading books and, and writing books and recommending music and trying to come out behind this microphone every day to send a little light out into the world to try to remind you that there's always a valid reason for hope today we're going to do a little quiet time we're going to hit another one of my favorite worship artists matt redman if you have been around contemporary Christian music for very long or ever, you've certainly sung or heard some of his songs in the church. You may not know who he is, but one of his famous songs, The Heart of Worship, goes like this. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm you certainly recognize that one, right? So The Heart of Worship is one of Matt Redman's early famous songs. Um, He's written just innumerable almost, it seems like, songs that have affected the church and have been helpful and and useful in worship. And I just, I can't say enough how important Matt Redman's music has been to me personally and how many times I've, I've used his songs to find a way out of hardship and difficulty and, and, and just his songs have always resonated with me. Um, there's one really famous one that you probably know that you've almost certainly sung goes like this. Blessed be
I'm sure you know that song, right? Blessed be your name. Um, another famous song of his, 10,000 Reasons, goes like this. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship your Probably sang that song in church a million times, right? Um, Matt Redman's just been one of those guys that you may not have known. You were singing one of his songs, but he's been around forever, and he's been contributing songs to the church, and it's just been an incredible career he's had, just following the leading of the Spirit and, and writing what God gives to him. Listen, I've been talking a lot about music and books as we get close to the end of the year. I know it's kind of silly or trite maybe to to do top ten lists or, you know, why would you really care what I'm reading or what I listen to? But I think it's important if you're not a person who reads a lot, uh, it's important to have a library of things that you can fall back on that will be helpful to you, that are that are always positive and pointing you towards the light. And so I'm just trying to give you some resources, some things that I find valuable. And, you know, if you listen to my show every day, maybe you trust me that these books and these this music and all these things will help you and help us as we go along in life we have today an opportunity to sit and talk about why things always feel so hard i've told you before there's a book that i read called 10 percent happier that's a guy named dan harris and his whole idea was that if you learn how to control your brain to get that negative thought process under control that just kind of calm your breathing and learn how to put a little stimulus and response in there and take Eastern meditation techniques and strip the spirituality away from them, that you can actually get about 10% happier. And he said that's enough for him, just to calm the noise, learn how to control his brain, control his breathing, and kind of filter out some of the cluttering negative thoughts, and, and he'll be a little happier. And I, I'm just here to tell you from a neuroscience standpoint, that is actually true. You can reliably learn how to be happier by learning how to think better thoughts, how to think better thoughts, how to, to, to declutter your mind and put a little space between the stimulus and the automatic reaction that your brain wants you to have, which is fight or flight, and do something better instead. You can respond instead of reacting to life, and, and you'll be a little happier. Well, I don't think that's enough. I think we were made for more than that. And one of the top books, I've been trying to recommend good books to you, and one of the top books I've read this year, maybe of all time, I'm going to put it up at the top of the list of all time, is Help is Here by my friend Max Lucado. Max wrote a book about the Holy Spirit called Help is Here. I'm going to give you one heavily plagiarized chapter. I'm going to cover a lot of ground right out of Max's book this morning about the the best chapter I think I've ever read on the purpose and the work of the Holy Spirit and what he's about and what he's for. And I'm going to share that with you today, mixed in with some Matt Redman music, because today I want to answer the question, why are we so tired of being so tired and what can we do about it? As we get close to the end of the year, I want you to have that promise come true for you, that God wants to do something new, that he wants to dry up something old and make streams in the desert and give you a way where there has been no way. And he wants to break through for you in 2023. And I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit is the mechanism by which you can have Jesus' promise of John 10, 10 come true for you. You've been in the thief part for two years, three years. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, Jesus said in John 10, 10. But the second part of that verse is where I want us to get to in 2023. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. And he goes on to tell us how. 
And today we're going to talk about that pathway from 10% to infinite. How do we go from being a little bit happier by learning to control our brains to letting the spirit really give us that infinite peace and resilience and power we have to handle hard circumstances. Today we're going to get there. We're going to use Max Licato and Matt Revin to do it. And before we do, though, I want you to remember one thing. You can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is, Lisa's about to tell us, you can start today. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done if you'd like to show Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. Okay, so I want to give you a Matt Redmond song here to just kind of do a little quiet time meditation. And we're going to talk about Max Licato's book, Help Us Here, for just a minute because I want you to read it. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but we're going to talk about one chapter about the, what the work of the Holy Spirit does. And yesterday we talked about putting superficial treatments on our mortal wounds, about putting Band-Aids on broken bones and putting Band-Aids on open skull fractures. And that's just not the right treatment, right? So I read a survey from the Barna Group. They do this annual kind of state of the Bible with the American Bible Society, and they do surveys of the American people. And it's shocking that only 2% of Americans read their Bibles. Only 9% of people that are identified as Christians, read their Bibles every day. And what they found is interesting. They looked at what the habits of people were during the pandemic in 2020 and 2021, and they found that people who had a regular habit of reading the Bible reported that they turned to their Bibles for comfort and strength and encouragement during the pandemic. And people who didn't have a regular habit of reading the Bible turned to food, television, prescription drugs, and other types of behaviors when they needed comfort. Now, if there's ever been a better example of the idea of superficial treatments for our mortal wounds, it's that. What we need is not more alcohol, more pornography, more drugs, more television, more DoorDash. That's not what we need. It's not helping, okay? And just just, as we get close to the end of this year, I want us to say, what is it that we're missing? Why, when we work hard to control our minds and all of that, we can get a little happier. When we don't, we can we can numb ourselves and find some other way to cover up our troubles. But why aren't we actually finding hope? Why aren't we actually getting stronger? Why aren't we actually getting more resilient? And I want us to find that way where there is no way. I want us to dry those things up that are holding us back. And I'm really passionate about that as we get close to the end of the year because I want you I want us, all of us, to come alive. And I think, I believe, my friend, that the answer is in the Word of God and in letting the Spirit do His job, which is to bring life where there has been no life. Matt Rebin had a song called, I Need You Now. And this is a great place to start. We say, what is it that I'm missing? 
Jesus, I need you. I need you now. Let's just worship for a minute with this song from Matt Redman. On this thirsty desert ground In a dry and barren land I bow down I need you now
you resonate with that? Do you resonate with this idea that you're tired of being so tired that things have felt lifeless and dry and, and things have been, felt hard and, and the world has felt dark and it just hasn't felt right in the last few years? And maybe it's time to let God keep his own promise. Max Lucado in his new book, Help Us Here. This is, I found myself in tears multiple times through this book and I texted Max and I told him, Max, I think this chapter on the Holy Spirit is the best thing I've ever read about his work. Chapter 13, Breath on Bones. The Spirit as Breath. He, he quotes Second Corinthians 3, 6. The Spirit gives life. Okay? So this chapter, he tells a story from Ezekiel. Now, Ezekiel and Jeremiah both cover the fact that the Israelites had been carried off into exile by the Babylonians, and, and they're in this desperate situation where their capital has been ransacked, and the people have been pillaged, and the women have been raped, and the children have starved to death, and they've been dragged off, and all their artifacts and and, and all their religious icons, everything had been just ransacked. Imagine if the White House had been bombed and burned down, how we would feel if we'd been dragged off to Siberia or something, we were in exile. That's what happened. In 587 B.C., the Babylonians just utterly annihilated the Hebrew people. And so Max sets the scene for that with this, this chapter from Ezekiel. But one of the things he says about what the, what the Spirit does is this. Check it out. The mightiest force on the planet is here to help you. The mightiest force, friend, on the planet is here to help you. The Spirit gives life. Jesus said it himself in John six sixty three. What does the Spirit do? If you want to know what the Holy Spirit does, the Spirit gives life. I was raised in a fundamentalist tradition, and we were pretty legalistic. And there were some great things about the way I was raised. We, had, we learned to read the Bible. We learned how to speak in public. We learned to fall on the Word of God and trust it. But we had some holes, too. And one of the holes was that people were so scared of being labeled as charismatic that we did not talk about the Holy Spirit. Like, you really didn't understand what the Holy Spirit's job was at all. I, at least I didn't. Maybe I missed it. But as a person who grew up in church three times a week, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, was constantly going to Bible class and studying the Bible, I didn't know the power available to me through the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not talking about the gifts of the Spirit, so to 
don't even go down the road for a minute of talking about the gifts and speaking in tongues and healing and prophecy and all that stuff. What is the day-to-day role of the Holy Spirit in the average believer's life? Jesus said it, John six sixty three. the Spirit gives life. Here's what Max said. Could Jesus have stated the mission of the Spirit more clearly? When the Godhead divvied up the assignments for humanity, the Father chose protection and provision— The Son took salvation, and the Spirit chose life distribution. Life, robust, resilient, happy-hearted, and hope-filled. Isn't that what we need? The Spirit gives it. Friend, ask yourself that question. We come to the end of 2022. Do you need robust, resilient, happy-hearted, and hope-filled life? Is that what it feels like you're missing? Is it dried up? Is it, is it, does it feel death? Does it feel like death and decay? Have the last few years filled you with un, inescapable hope and promise, or do you feel so tired of being so tired? And I would just ask you, have you been putting Band-Aids on those broken bones? Maybe we need to talk about Ezekiel for a minute, this Old Testament prophet. I'm gonna, again, I'm going to quote a lot from Max here because he said it way better than I ever could say it. Ezekiel was a radical. He was a prophet who served, was basically a thorn in the side of Israel during that 6th century of B.C. He was on their case. He was harassing them to turn away from foreign idols and all these superficial treatments that Jeremiah talked about and back towards the living God in Ezekiel 14.6. But they wouldn't listen. And therefore, they got wiped out. The Babylonians took them out. And in 587 B.C., the city was ransacked. Like I told you before, their whole country was just demolished. They were dragged off. And Ezekiel thirty-seven eleven says it this way: Our bones are dried up, and our hope has gone. We are destroyed. These people had lost everything. The psalmist Psalm one thirty-seven one says, "By the waters of Babylon, there we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. When, when years later, when people remembered what happened to them, they all they could do is weep. And they said, How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? They were dragged from their homelands. It was a disaster." And they almost gave up. They were dried up and hopeless and lost. And they almost gave up. But God didn't give up. He had other plans. They may have abandoned him, but he never abandoned them. Max says, this is from the message, Ezekiel 36, 24 through 28. Max wrote, God made the Hebrews a promise. And here's what God says he's going to do. From here, uh, sorry, for here is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take you out of these countries, gather you from all over, and bring you back to your own land. I'll pour water over you and scrub you clean. I'll give you a new heart, put a new spirit in you. I'll remove the stone heart from your body and replace it with a heart that's God-willed, not self-willed. I'll put my spirit in you and make it possible for you to do what I tell you and live by my commands. Don't miss that, friend. When God puts his spirit inside you, that's how it becomes possible for you to obey him. You don't even have to learn how to do that yourself. You'll have the power inside you to live a more a more powerful, hopeful life. He'll give you a new heart, he says, a new spirit. He'll remove that heart of stone and replace it with one that gives you the power to follow his commands, who want what he wants. And he says, you'll once again live in the land I gave your ancestors. You'll be my people and I'll be your God. Listen, Max says it very clearly. Please note, Max says, the active agent in the rescue mission. It's not you. It's God. God is the active agent here. He will rescue. He will gather. He will cleanse. He will give you a new heart. And he will put his spirit inside you, friend. That's not a superficial treatment for your mortal wound. That's the actual healing. And as a result, you'll obey God's command if you have the spirit. It's stunning. 
It's, it's breathtaking. And Ezekiel couldn't believe it either. So God said, you need to go on a field trip with me. God's spirit took me up and set me down in the middle of an open plain strewn with bones. This is uh, Ezekiel 37, 1 and 2, the message. Ezekiel says, he led me around and among them. A lot of bones. There were bones all over the plain, dry bones bleached by the sun. So he was taken by God out to this field and looking down in the valley. There were just dead people everywhere, dried bones, all the water, all the flesh, all the life, all the promise, all the possibility gone, just dry bones everywhere, death valley, no life to be found. Max says, no children playing, no sweethearts kissing, no musicians singing, no dancers dancing, only bones. Dry bones. And God says, Son of man, can these bones live? Can these bones live? Ezekiel 37.3. Max says it. What a question that is. Now, I want to read you a paragraph from Max right here because this is where I broke down and cried and I texted Max and said, I, I just, for the first time in my life, I think really understand what the Spirit's doing. Was I was raised in such a Spirit-negative way that I just never really got it. What is he here for? Here's what Max says. I've never been to the valley that Ezekiel visited, but I sat next to a person on a flight who told me that his life had lost all meaning. I've never walked the valley of dry bones, but I've listened to a suicidal mother describe a dark place from which she could not find exit. I've never stepped through a field of femurs and rib cages, but I have spoken to a young man whose life was rubbed raw by opioid addiction. I've not gazed at acres of fleshless forms, but I've witnessed the proud left wordless at a funeral, not knowing what to say at the unwelcome reminder of death. I've not found myself ankle deep in dry bones, but I've looked in the mirror and seen a pastor with a dry faith and wondered if this hard heart could ever soften again. Can these bones live? I broke down when I read that because I was pulling into the, I listened to it in Audible actually, I was pulling into the parking lot to go into the hospital to see somebody who was in a life or death situation, who was desperate with a diagnosis I was about to give them that's going to change the way they look at the future of their life forever. And I realized this is one of those dry bones moments. Like I don't have the words of life to give them. This is a dry bone. Jesus, Max is talking about it. I've seen a lot of people in my career that were dried up. And they wondered, could these bones ever live again? And the Lord gave the command. The Lord gives the command, 37, 4 through 6. Then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you. And you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. Listen. God God asked Ezekiel to prophesy, and then he did it. He put his breath inside those bones, and they came to life. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet an exceedingly great army. Max says, apart from the spirit, we may have bones, flesh, scalps, and teeth, but we have no life. He and he alone is the giver of life. Unless we miss the message, God delivers the punchline and I will put my spirit within you and you shall live. Friend, this is where we come to life. This is where we stop putting band-aids on broken bone. We let the Spirit of God do what He came here to do, which is give us life. You know what the Spirit, the word Spirit in the Greek means? 
It's it's pneuma, which means breath. He is God's breath inside you. He is the wind, the breath of life. He's the power and the juice and the energy and the and the life that you need for your dried up bones. And Max says, what the Spirit did then, He will do again for you. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all, John six sixty three. The emptiness that you feel, the zombiness, it won't be healed by a new house, spouse, job, or jewelry. Friend, that's what I'm talking about, this superficial treatments. It's not a house, a spouse, a job, or jewelry, as Max says so much better than I can. A different date or weight might feel good, but the deep, lasting change you need, only the Spirit can give it, and He will. Dead marriage, dead-end career. He can enliven it. The Spirit can breathe on it. Scattered remnants of yesterday's dreams, the Spirit of God can reassemble and rekindle them, Max said. Do you feel as if you've been marched into Babylonian captivity? The Spirit can turn captives into an army. It is not His will that you lead a lifeless life, Max says. He will breathe on your dry bones. Friend, I could read the whole chapter. It's that good. I'm not going to. I'm not going to sit here and plagiarize Max Lucado forever, but I just want you to understand, number one, this is a great book, Help Us Here by Max Lucado. But number two, you don't have to live a dead, lifeless life. You don't have to settle for 10% happier. You don't have to because he wants to make a way where there is no way. Isaiah 34, he wants to, to bring water to the dry and desert land. He wants to give you a new thing in exchange for your old dead, dry bones. That's what I want to give you today. We have one more song. There's a song that Matt Redman co-wrote with our friend Paul Balash. We had Paul Balash on Friday Conversation a couple of days ago. A song called A Greater Song. And this is one of my favorite Matt Redman and Paul Balash songs. They both recorded slightly different versions of it. They're fantastic. But I want you to replace your dry, dead, lifeless, songless, energyless Whatever life, if you've been if you've been carrying this ball and it feels like you're Sisyphus and in, in, in Inferno, Dante's Inferno, the guy that had to push the rock up the hill for all of eternity, and every time he got it to the top, it would roll back down. And he had to start over again. And if that's how your life has felt, friend, I want you to, to start hearing a greater song in your head. There is a greater song. There is a back end of John 10.10 to replace the front end of the thief part of stealing, killing, and destroying. You don't have to live that way again because you can have the breath of life that the Spirit is here and begging to give you. And if you've already accepted Jesus as your Savior and you've had this power the whole time, it's shocking to find out that you've just been ignoring it that you haven't allowed him to come to life. And the way he comes to life is by reminding you of truth, by giving you back things that are in the word, that, are, that Jesus already said, that God already promised, and you just don't know about them because you're one of those 9% of people, or one of those 91% of people that never actually apply the proper treatment to your life. And friend, I'm a good surgeon, okay? But I don't have anything in my toolkit that can help you as much as understanding that you have the power of the living God inside you to help you find hope and hold on to it when life gets hard, and it will. If life's not already hard for you, I'm sorry to tell you, but the massive thing is coming, and a series of many massive things are coming. And there is a way to get through that and still be able to have that abundant life that Jesus promised, even though life is hard. It's, it's possible. He can speak over those dry bones, and he can give you a greater song, and he can help you change your mind and change your life. And the good news is, you can start today.
original melody True enough to tell of your mercy Who could imagine the harmony Sweet enough to tell of your love I see the heavens proclaiming Day after day And I know in my heart That there must be a way To sing a greater song A greater song to you on the earth To sing a greater song A greater song to you Symphony Grand enough to tell of your glory Our highest praise but a feeble breath A whisper of your thunderous words I see the heavens proclaiming Day after day And I know in my heart That there must be Sing a greatest song A greatest song to you on the earth To sing a greatest song A greatest song to you on the
Hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.